Hello and welcome to the Orchid Story Podcast for women who've experienced a big event in their lives that divided it into the before and after. I'm Rachel Nussbaum and I'm here to help you find meaning and healing through personal narrative now that your life looks different than the one you expected. I'm sharing stories from real life. The details may be different from your story, but the connection is universal. Head to orchidstory.com to get access to my free on-demand video training, a self-coaching session, so that you can start finding yourself, happiness, and purpose again. Now, on to the show. Hey friends, welcome and thank you, thank you for being here and spending your time with me. I know you have so many sources of media pulling at your ears and your brain and your mind. So thanks for joining me and spending time with me here on the podcast. I'm so grateful for your listen. Guess who's back this week? I was thinking about how what I like to teach about creating white space in our lives. And my friend and client, Kara Boston, immediately came to mind because she and I had created a an episode for the podcast last summer where we talked all about finding white space and she was really on a hunt for white space as she tried to answer the question for herself, what brings you joy? So I'm so excited to bring back this fan favorite episode from Kara Boston. There are so many gems in this conversation and it's nice that it's been exact almost exactly a year so we're in the same season which is summer. I feel like the summer is a great time for us to open our minds to the ideas that we talk about in this episode which include finding presence, seeking out signs from the universe which I have to tell you something a quick story about that in a second and listening to your heart. So when you If you listened to this episode when it first came out last summer, I guarantee if you listen to it again, you'll find something new. So take another listen, and if you're a new listener and haven't heard it yet, you're in for a treat. Now, if you listen and you're just wondering, how in the world, Rachel, am I going to find white space? My life is so full. I don't even know what you mean when you tell me to find space in my life. Like That just doesn't even make sense to me, and I totally get it. And I was there, that was me, about, I don't know, five years ago or so before I started down this road of my creative business. So it's it's okay. It's okay if that's where you are. And in fact, I have a little solution for you in the form of a free workshop that's coming up, a free live workshop with me on June 30th via Zoom from noon, noon to 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Now, the way to get the link for this workshop on June 30th, completely free again, is to sign up for my newsletter. So if you are already on my newsletter, great. Be on the lookout in your inbox for the link to join the workshop on June 30th at noon Eastern Standard Time. And if you're not, all you have to do is go to orchidstory.com slash self-care and sign up for my newsletter there. And I email my community every week. I share lots of nuggets and try to be extremely thoughtful about what I put in my newsletter. I give out lots of worksheets and free reasoning resources, that kind of thing. So come join us, orchidstory.com slash self-care, and you will get the link for the workshop on June 30th. The workshop is called Creative Self-Care Practices to Fill Your Cup with Energy and Freedom. So the goal here is to get you feeling fully recharged after an hour with me during this workshop. So you'll get a workbook, you'll print it out, you'll bring some tools with you, which don't don't get overwhelmed. Tools just means markers or crayons or colored pencils. Just pick up whatever you have lying around the house and a pen And we're just going to dig into some self-care and get ourselves feeling really good. This is what filling our cup looks like. So set aside your lunch hour on June 30th to spend with me. 
Okay, and the last thing before I get to Kara, I just want to tell you a quick signs from the universe story that happened to me lately when I was on one of my walks, which if you follow me, you know that walking for me is a ritual and it's a white space creator for sure. It cultivates lots of energy for myself in my life. Well, I don't know, it was about a week ago, I was walking by, I always walk by myself and I noticed a gentleman coming towards me walking his dog had on a Duff's chicken wings t-shirt. Now, if you're from Western New York, you just know what Duff's is. And if you're not, you, you know about Buffalo wings, right? We call them chicken wings in Western New York. And Duff's is one of the places that has the absolute best chicken wings in Western New York. And my parents, especially my dad, loved Duff's wings. And you may know that I lost my mom. My mom passed away in 2020 and it's been almost a decade since my dad died. So I'm really struggling with how to find grounding in the world without having any parents present here on earth. Um, It's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Again, creating space for this to be in my consciousness and mull it over and kind of process it. Well, this sign from this guy wearing the Duff's t-shirt was, I felt like a sign for my parents and a reminder that their spirit lives within me and it's around me too. Like it was just this reminder that their energy lives on in this world in so many different ways that I can't always see, but this was a tangible reminder of that. And I stopped the guy and we talked for a couple of minutes and just had a really lovely conversation about chicken wings, which is one of my favorite foods. You know how much I love food. So listen to this episode from Kara, then start looking for signs. You have to look for them. I mean, if you're just going blindly about your day, you're not going to see the signs. So really look for signs and you get to make the meaning. You get to decide what these signs mean to you. So go ahead, do that. Carve out space for the workshop with me on June 30th at noon Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter at orchidstory.com slash self-care. And enjoy this episode with Kara Boston of Studio Kara. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the Orchid Story podcast. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today. You and I were just chatting for a bit and we've known each other for a few years now and we've just in 2020 worked together in new ways and I'm so happy to have you here and you you have a, you come in with a little bit of a different angle being more of an artist than a writer, though I guess we could say writers are also artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, I'm so glad you're here and excited to hear from you today. Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And yes, we, I believe everybody's an artist, whether you're a writer or not. So (laughs) yes, I know you do. I love that about you. Cause like even, um, even that helps me think about myself and outside of my writing that artwork in the way that you do it, which is like painting, mixed media, you can explain more, but it feels more attainable to me when I'm with you. So I love that about you. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Okay. So we're going to start with you sharing a piece of your own writing with us. So I'm going to have you go ahead and read to us. You can introduce it if you want, or just get started and read. So I'll turn it over to you. Awesome. Thank you. So um, this actually is a piece that I created uh, in Rachel's sanctuary program this past spring. So it was um, a story that I've had, but I was never able to really put it together until um, being part of that program. So I'm excited to share uh, my, my final project. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so quieting the inner critic with creativity. What brings you joy, Kara, besides your family and work? My brain started racing, then I noticed, so was my heart. The pit in my stomach felt real. Um, um, Good question, bad answer. 33 33 years old and did not have an answer of what else brought me joy. 
that was not okay. I was not finished this life and without joy, are you living? Self-discovery journey starts in earnest. The feelers were out, antenna up to hone into what brought me joy. What if I've reached my goals again and don't have joy from that? So what's next? Searching for answers outside, life coaching, self-help books, therapy, exercise coach, nutrition coach, look for a church home, get involved with the community supporting networking, journaling, and some crafting. Well, really art this time around. Not one thing alone alleviated the pain. Instead, the voices inside were getting louder and the pain duller. I continued to show up like all was well, excelling at work and being the community networker that was sought after, but it was getting to be too much. Keeping up the high vibe exterior, but, felt, but feeling the weight of all the shoulds, comparison and perfection on the inside was exhausting and totally dulling the sparkle that once lit up my smile and eyes. Can I please just scream, shout and let it all out? If I can get it out, will it finally be quiet? Will I be able to feel lighter? No, you cannot scream and shout and let it all out. You are a leader. You have so much to be grateful for. So that will look extremely ungrateful. You need to keep it all together. Okay, holding it in, holding it in a little longer, but the weight of it all breaks me. I must get out. I must get this out of me and feel the relief and general lightness that is usually my demeanor. I must cut the tapes that are on a constant loop running in my head. I must take control as I'm quickly spiraling and it's too much. I'm too much and need to let it go. What if journaling out on my paper to get the words of that loop out of my head? Yes, but what if someone were to read them? They could see they are, they are a vent about them or not believe you would ever say something about someone, much less yourself. The exposure would be made and the judgments, looks, stares, oh my. Cover it up. Cover it up with collage and paint. In those shapes and colors, I could express what was dying to get out like a scream and a shout. Only I could decode that second layer as the words of the first would be covered up or distorted enough to not mean anything to anyone else. Layers can continue in that manner and with each layer, at least three usually, there's quiet. I did it, quiet for the first time. There was no loop playing in my head, but plenty of purple circles on the paper. There were no shoulds, judgments, or comparisons going on. They had been made quiet by the collage pieces over the journaled words. Covering up the white space in the journal page allowed me to find my white space in my own mind. I literally created my own white space. There was no more heavy, dull, suppressing pain. I had been able to speak what, what I wanted to, what wanted to be said and express myself freely. I created my process of scream, shout, layer it out the path to quieting the inner critic for clarity and determining your next move based on the answers within, not the noise from all the outside influences. The answers are on the inside and the pain comes when you can't get to them even if you think you're trying. I've come to learn after using this process for myself to get me back in the studio to paint and back in business that this process is not only powerful but transformational. I share my story to show what is possible and to support every woman with a process of moving from underneath the overbearing inner critic leading their lives to having her be the co-creator in their life. To make that move and find the relief to be back in charge, I found we often need to move other things out of the way. One of the biggest moves a woman can make is to disengage the power given to her inner critic. I used to think it was time, the kids, the boss, the spouse, the religion, or the cards I was dealt. When actually, I had to swallow the jagged pill and realize I had given that power away, so I was standing in my own way. I mean, who wants to believe that they could be stopping themselves from something they wanted so badly? That's illogical, right? Actually, I can spend a lot of time right there. 
This is a spiral of shame and guilt of giving my power away and focusing on that, letting her win. This spinning keeps me from the forward progress, which heaps on even more shame and regret. Again, I put myself into the spiral and I have the same power to stop that spinning. The permission and power were within me the entire time. I just needed to believe it to see it. Thanks, Glinda, the good witch from The Wizard of Oz, for the gold nugget of wisdom I cast away as a throwaway cliche until I did this work. The, with age comes wisdom, and I have been able to shorten the spin cycle some and remind myself that I have the answers with this creative art process. I am able to get to the quiet to find those answers quicker than before. My wish for you, now that you've read this story, you may pick up this tool and release the screaming and shouting of your inner critic and find your power and inner wisdom in the quiet so that you create that dream life or passion project starting with the first goal and creating from there. My last tip, do not let this tool settle too far down in your toolbox because the inner critic never leaves. She just moves back to the co-creator role when we remind her. So good. There's so much in there in this story of yours. Yeah, I kind of do that. <laughs> I pack a lot of punch and try to, you know, get it all in and get it all out um, for everybody. Yeah, well, kind of like scream, shout, layer it out. I, but what I really love about it is you can see your transformation within the words, but then also I, I hear your message that you want this for other women too. It's like a beautiful confluence of those two things. So I, I, I can we talk a couple, about a couple pieces of, of, of your piece? Um, so I wanted to ask you about this idea that you describe where we feel like as women, we either want something else. We want more. We want something different. We want the quiet. Maybe it's we want the quiet. We want the white space. And yet when, when we, we don't give ourselves the permission because we, like you said in your piece, we feel like we would be looked upon as ungrateful for what we have. What, what's that? Like, let's talk more about that. <laughs> Uh, that's a big one. Um, I think it is because uh, we are so used to service to others, and that is important to us. It's not just ingrained in us, but I do think that many of us honestly believe that that is, you know, one of our major roles. Um, so I think that when we are trained that way and we believe that that is the right way, that it's very easy to put um, any of our needs or desires or wants at the bottom of the list. And hey, if we get an extra five minutes at the end of the day, we can do this. But the problem is, is that, you know, it's like that saying of, you know, putting the oxygen mask on first so that you can be a better service to your, your traveling companion if they need help with the mask. Um, you know, filling that cup up so that you have stuff to pour out of it, you know, is another way that, you know, I've heard it uh, explained before too. So I think it comes down to that as far as, um, you know, and then just worrying about what other people think, which is so funny because, I mean, even in, in this time, so we're talking, um, you know, in the summer of 2020, where we've had a lot of life events going on in the world. And, you know, one that I had, and I think I shared it with you during um, Sanctuary, Rachel, is, you know, getting a puppy and worrying about what everybody else is going to say about that mm. puppy. But that puppy was something missing and a yearning for me and, and the family, um, knowing we would be at home to take care of her and just show her all the ropes and, you know, all the things like that. And, you know, being concerned about, you know, what people would say about me getting a puppy and, you know, how could you spend money at this time and, you know, different things like that. Um, and we already had two dogs, right? So then there's mm -hmm. that whole piece. Um, and then getting her to the vet during when we're supposed to stay at home and, you know, just all of those things about everybody else um, was almost a deterrent to get her. But let me tell you, we, you know, we persevered. I, I listened to my heart instead and that inner voice, you know, I did some of my creative exercises and no one has said a word 
maybe they've thought it, but they've never said anything to me. They've never anything. So like we are making these stories and these things keep us, you know, in the shoulds of like, I should, you know, deal with, you know, my daughter first, or I should, you know, deal with the community first and then myself, like we are making that. And we, you know, that's the whole point of like us standing in our own way. Yeah. I, I, I love your example of the puppy because Sometimes it's, as you know, hard to convince women to try a new creative endeavor like art or writing, but like we can all think about getting a puppy, right? Um, So like what, what has been your benefit of getting the puppy? Right. That's the good, the good part, right? That I left out. So, um, so, and getting her, I mean, it's just one of like, uh, validating my joy and my heart and listening to that, you know, it's been pretty amazing. Um, just, you know, watching some other living being grow, like, and being able to, you know, take that into, um, you know, kind of comparison to what else is going on with a lot of things like ending or, Mm. you know, just, the way things were ending, not necessarily, you know, life or whatever, although unfortunately that's happening, but, um, just also just her being present, right. Like reminding me to be present to right now, not like what we did before or what's going to happen going forward because you had and, and being on a schedule, right. Like taking her out every 30 minutes, you know, Oh, she made a mistake and the world didn't end. We just clean it up and, you know, we try to do better next time, you know, just those kind of lessons of just like, just, and, and just, like her, you know, maybe getting in trouble, but just forgetting about it and just going back to playing. Like those are just great. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. It's like, I never thought about that before, but taking care of a puppy is kind of like an artistic slash creative endeavor in a way. Cause those pieces of like being mindful, staying present, not worrying about the past or the future, like those are all incorporated into that. So it's like, it's such a good example and you brought up joy so let's talk about joy for a minute because that's how you started your piece right is with the question about joy Mm -hmm. yeah why was that a question for you um because I think and I mentioned it to you about like meeting my goals and then not feeling what I thought I should feel when I meet goals like joy or accomplishment or achievement it was just like eh, check off the list and you know move forward um, or, you know, there was a time that I had to go to a, um, you know, therapist because I had gone through cycle one of goals and then I'm like, I didn't know how to make new ones. I didn't mm. know that you're supposed to do stuff after this. I didn't, which is why I think I fell into that trap of like not knowing how to define that joy outside of all my shoulds mm. of you know, family and the this and this, um, or even being, uh, feeling the permission and power to, to, to be able to have joy in addition to all those things. Like there's a lot of work in my life about like moving beyond either or and inviting more and. And I think that that is it is that, um, you know, for a while it was just like, no, you have the family, you do your things, you do what you're supposed to do, you know, or you like shirk all that responsibility and you just go after your joyful life. Like it's an either or. And it kind of like, in the artist realm, right? And the stories that we have about artists um, being, you know, they're just these free spirited, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, I can't do that. I have this, you know, this family to take care of. I have a career that I've built. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that is why I think, you know, it was so important to start the piece off with that because that was that question that started making me think like, wait, there's more to this. Like I can have joy and do these things. And I sure wish I knew who asked me that question. Cause it has been such a pivotal point. I think like in your sanctuary work where you say like the before and after kind of thing, yeah. I really do believe that that, that was my pivot point, right. Or not pivot, but my, my demarcation line of before and after. Yeah. I think it's something that I joy, the concept of joy is only something I've come into like, I'm, I just turned 41. So that I've come into in the last couple of years of my life, which that's really sad because as we know, life is short and can, anything can happen any day. And so it's something that I'm trying to bring more of into my life and my work with women as you are too, because we, we can have both. And I think joy seems out of reach until you start practicing 
tiny little ways to introduce joy into your life. And it doesn't, I love that you brought up, you and I are like on the same page for so many things. <laughs> we could just talk all day long. But the idea of both and, like we can have, and we can't even serve, like you were saying, we can serve in the way that even we want to serve or we're expected to serve. And we can find that self-connection that brings us joy. But it is, would you say it, I think, and I think you agree, but you can tell me um, that it is more of like a mindset shift of us getting in our own way. For sure. I mean, it's, it's like taking a shower. Like you have to take it every day in order to stay clean. Um, you have to make this an intention every day to find this joy. And I mean, the first notation of this for me really was I find hearts all the time, which, and I used to never, like when I was growing up, hearts were just too cutesy and too like, I don't know. I don't even know what else I thought about them, but they just were like, uh, and now, you know, I see a heart, you know, on the tree or I see the clouds, they make a heart or my food. There's somehow there's a heart. So I started sharing that because those are little like winks of like, Oh, mm. joy, like, Oh, this brings you joy. Um, and, uh, so that was interesting because, um, now people find them and tag me all the time to show me their hearts that they found, or I thought of you or things like that. So like, that's kind of a ripple effect too, but you know, it can start really small as far as like, you know, finding that joy and being intentional about it. Yeah. I, that's such a great example of the hearts because you're actually not even really, uh, taking any time, any extra time, right? Cause that's so often is what we hear is the obstacle for women is time, but mm -hmm. the heart example, you're not even taking any extra time out of your day. You're simply noticing and observing and maybe like breathing in that moment, like, Oh, another heart. Like, look what the world's brought to me today. Uh, I, I love that idea because it doesn't, you're not doing anything extra. Right. But it is reminding you to be present though, so that you can receive. Yes. Say more about that. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like what I was sharing with the puppy and, um, you know, things like that, but in, in my art, like in doing this art practice, you know, the art practices and just in my creativity, it, it brings me to the moment. It brings me right there to the page or the canvas or, you know, whatever I'm, I might be working on, even if it's, you know, a friendship bracelet that I've been doing with my daughter this, this uh, summer. Um, it keeps you right there and it allows you to be in that moment for whatever is, is yours to receive at, at that time. And again, that's about being intentional of like, I want to, the, the presence, I want to be present and receive the present right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, you know, a nuance there, but, um, you know, that being open to that and being able to receive and, and, you know, like you, you know, with your hands, if you're holding on to something else, you can't get that next thing. You really have to open it up in order for the next thing to even land in your hand for you to, you know, experience it and stuff like that. So I think it is, you know, just being mindful of, you know, I know mindfulness is kind of a buzzword, but it's, it's true. Um, you know, when your mind is full of all that other stuff, you cannot be mindful in that moment of what may be, you know, going on or coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of, uh, being mindful without having to do like meditation, for example, because mm -hmm. I think that's kind of, for some people that can be like a little scary or off-putting or just like, I can't, I can't sit still. And for some people, they, they really can't like, you need a starting place that feels within reach for yourself. And so being open to notice, like that's, that's what you're talking about is noticing these things in the world around you that to you look like hearts. To me, they may not even look like hearts, but maybe I notice some, I notice other things. And so I think it's kind of that idea of, uh, being present and simply noticing can be a great place to just start, to start with the joy. Would you, Absolutely. would you agree? I love that yep. our conversation is, um, we're talking about joy, but that really was the starting place for, for your peace. So I think it makes sense. Another thing I wanted to mention to you is something that I hear a lot from people that, that I work with is that they say, I don't have a story or they say, um, I haven't had 
uh, before or after moment in my life. And what you said, this was a question that someone posed to you. It wasn't a super big event in your life. Like this is probably a regular day. And that was a turning point. I find that so interesting. Can you just talk a little more about, about it being a question versus, you know, people hear me talk about the diagnosis of my son with congenital heart disease as a turning point. And here we go with our, our both ands again. It can be something like a question that someone asks you. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, the question was back to me because I was like, you know, I was questioning myself of like, what is wrong with me mm-hmm. that I have achieved these things. I am this person and yet I don't feel like I have anything to necessarily show for it or I don't know where to go next. I don't know. And so I think they were, you know, lovingly giving me, you know, some questions to think about. And I decided to be curious about that. I decided to make it mean what I wanted it to mean, which was like, oh, yeah, you are not done. You know, this, this, this is not, you know, 33 is not where you stop. Like we actually are probably like just getting going. Um, I think my daughter would have been around five-ish at the time. Um, I do have one daughter, but so it's just like, ah, oh, cause I mean, you can lose yourself in that whole mom of course, um, <clears throat> with that. And, uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that question, and it just has, I mean, as I've grown older and wiser, just questioning and being curious, not judging about it, not anything like that, but just being more curious has really, really helped and, you know, unlocked even more, um, you know, answers again within, because I was also very frustrated at the time or soon thereafter about, um, all of the advice of the answers are within, within, within you. I'm like, well, how come I can't find them? Like, what am I doing wrong? Again, what am I doing Mm -hmm. wrong? It has to be me, um, you know, that I can't find this stuff. And so again, you know, being curious, like how, how do I find them? Which is really how I created, you know, this, this process for myself and then also fell back into, how much creativity and being, you know, in art and and doing those things allowed me, it's kind of like an active meditation, like you said, allowed me to uh, strip away all of that stuff to see, you know, what is inside and let it out. Yeah. 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 I, I love that so much. It makes so much sense to me when you describe it too. Um, let's talk for a minute. So I identify more with writing and words and would you say you identify more with visual art? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you, in the time that we've worked together, at least, I, I've seen you really play with words a lot and words are part of the scream, shout, layer it out process, right? Because you mm-hmm. just tell us a little bit more, like if you were going to be leading us in a workshop, what, how would you introduce the process? Yeah, so... Basically, whatever is, uh, so I would ask you to bring, get out your paper or sometimes I do it on Canvas um, with different groups. And um, there's a reason that I do the Canvas, uh, but I'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. Um, so the, just write out what is going on in your head right now. Like that's a good place to start usually. But really what I would like for you to get to is like, what are those things that are on constant loop in your head and the things that you're really worried about or you're not sure what what to do with next, you know, that you're really wrestling with maybe decisions, which right now we have so many of them. I was Mm -hmm. thinking I probably really need to put this workshop out soon because with all the school decisions with, you know, I, you might not even have a kid in school right now, but you're an employer and you need to figure out how you're going to deal with your employees that have to, you know, make these sacrifices and figure things out. Um, so anyway, like just any of those kind of problems or just like, what does bring me joy? I can't figure it out and just start writing, you know, whatever comes to you. Um, or if there's something particularly that's, you know, a bee in your bonnet about someone specific, you know, if there's a relationship that's not working Mm. out, like how, do I get through it? Um, those are the things that I suggest writing out. And I've been in a workshop once where, you know, they're like, we ran out of space and it was 11 by 14 workshop. And I was like, okay, we'll just flip it and start writing in between those lines. Right. Because if you have all this stuff to say, let's get it all Mm. out. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I would start the process. And so it is about words. It, um, 
it, it does help you to just do that dump, but because then that next layer is putting stuff on top of it. So the things that need to be hidden and you're releasing and are no longer serving you and all of those fun, you know, things that we hear a lot about, they will be hidden. But those words or phrases or things that still need to be dealt with or that are, you know, kind of sifted out and the, uh -huh. the main things that are left, those will come through either the paint or they won't be the things that ended up getting covered up by collage. And you do it intuitively. It's not like, oh, well, I know I need to talk about my boyfriend, so I won't put anything on that okay. one. It really does happen intuitively because I've done this enough times with other people to see like, you know, and then and that's where the coaching kind of comes in because they're like, whoa, like this thing about my boyfriend is still hanging out here, but I covered everything about, you know, my business. So I guess it is the boyfriend that I really need to focus on, you know, for example. Yeah. And yeah. And it's like, it's just like writing in a way that this is something you can really try on your own if you wanted to try it. And Kara has videos where she's, uh, shows how to do this process, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'll, sh I'll be sure to share those with people so they can find you and see what this is about and see you doing it in real time. But I think that's one of my messages. And one of your messages too, is that like, if we are interested in finding joy in finding quiet and white space, and we're looking for more, that's, we're looking for more of being rather than doing maybe like mm -hmm. there are different ways that we can try and bring this into our life and i think your what you just described is a great way and i know i've done workshops with you about a theater critic and stuff does come up i mean i believe this for writing too but it is kind of different when you when i took the workshop with you and i'm like pulling out paints and it's a different experience and mm -hmm a beautiful one where things come up and you're like, huh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay. So let's see, what else do we want to cover before, um, before we wrap up today? We, um, let's talk a little bit more about your experience with writing and how, because historically I think that, you expressed yourself mostly through art, visual art, and yet you came and did the sanctuary program with me, which is really a writing program. So mm -hmm. how, why was that something you felt like could be useful for you? Especially because you are, and you and I have talked, you and I touched on this before we hit record, you are a person that already kind of buys into this idea of, 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 the answers inside and finding that stillness in your life. So why, why was writing intriguing to you? Well, um, because actually I recommend this a lot of times when people feel like they're creatively blocked. Um, you know, even whether it's writing something like uh, their blog post for businesses, or if they can't move forward on their piece of art or whatever, um, I suggest to them to use a different medium because it kind of breaks down the, I should be doing this, you know, just all the judgments and the inner critic and things like that. And it allows it to be easier. It allows it just to flow. Um, if that doesn't work, then, you know, while they're writing, you know, or if it's supposed to be a writing exercise, I'm like, all right, just start writing about whatever you see in front of mm -hmm. you. And then you fall into, you know, the topic that you're supposed to be writing about. But so, you know, that's one reason is that I know that that works, right? And so writing, you know, was important. But I also, you know, I guess I was finally getting to the point of like, you know, there is a story that wants to get out and it's not getting out through the art. So let me try the reading, you know, a reading, the writing part um, and see, you know, what is, is ready to come out. Because mm. even you know, I, I do believe that the joy question was my line, but I didn't know that when I, you know, signed up you know, for your challenge before and then, you know, uh, eventually sanctuary. Um, I just, you know, and I know about self-care. I know that this art is my self-care. I, I get that yeah. stuff. So it was very, you know, wonderful to join your um, challenge and start art again after the, you know, I think it was like three weeks I hadn't done any art um, with all the pandemic stuff and everything. 
so I was like, wow, like she got me tapped back into this. Like what would the writing do, you know, if I mm. joined sanctuary piece? Also, I believe, you know, just um, the, the group part of the sanctuary and writing and kind of getting feedback because we can write blogs, we can write things and nobody has to answer. We can write our, to our email list if you're in business and, and you know, you're doing that kind of thing and no one has to respond and that's hard. Mm -hmm. That is really hard to, you know, go that level. And when I do my art, no one has to respond. And so I think Sanctuary really helped us with the framework of, you know, understanding how to line up our writing and our story. And then every, you know, having the time to, you know, sit with the prompts and, and the coaching that you gave us and the guidance, you know, throughout the week, let it talk to you. I mean, I let my art talk to me, so why wouldn't I let this talk to me? Um, and just seeing, you know, where, what it led and, you know, again, being present to the other things that are going on that week. Cause a lot of times it just was, you know, lined right up and then come back and kind of integrate it with that group, you know, just really was helpful in solidifying the, the story and getting that feedback. And it wasn't all, you know, like everybody just agreed with everything, but it just helped ask like another question to maybe go a little bit deeper when we were integrating with the group. So, I mean, it was just such a good process and I can do it on my own now, you know, similar to the way that I intend my um, art mm -hmm. and workshops to be, but there's a lot to be said to like come back into that fold and, you know, be part of that group. And so like maybe the next kind of big story needs to be in that, you know, format versus me taking the amazing framework that you provided to us in sanctuary. Oh yeah. Thank you for, thanks for all of what you just said. And I, I told you guys in your sanctuary group this every week when we met, but there is just something, so you've heard me say this a million times, but there is just something so special about getting together consistently with a group of women who are wanting to do this work of like diving in and self-discovery and making sense of things in our own way. And, and what I think is so beautiful is that Kara can show up to the group and it's not like you have to be similar to the other people in the group and you're not, you were each very different in your sanctuary uh, cohort. And yet something is aligned, you know, between you. And it's just what I try really hard to do as the facilitator is step back and let you work with each other because you have so much wisdom and experience to give to each other. And that really happened in your group. And it was amazing to witness. It was so cool. For sure. Yeah. Yay. You did an awesome job with that. So it was beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel really lucky that I had you as a part of it. So, um, okay. So let's see to, for us to kind of wrap up here. Um, well, first I do want to ask you one more question about your inner critic work. Let's just go there for a minute and then I'll ask you to tell us where to find you and learn more about you. Um, but you do a lot of work with the inner critic and that's a little different than the work that I do, I think. And so you talk about um, that the inner critic is always there. So mm -hmm. the goal is not to get rid of, fight down, uh, I don't know, battle the inner critic. But mm -hmm. you say to bring the inner critic into the co-conspirator. Is that how you say co -creator. it? Co-creator. Co-creator. Yeah. Conspirator. That's like, um, that's a, a an equity term right now, right? That, yeah. I think well, that's I mean, why I, to that too, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it's on my mind. Cause I love that word of conspirator. Um, yeah. so into the co-conspirator co-creator role, what tell us, what does that mean to you? Right. So, um, I am very, uh, I, I believe that we all are creative, resourceful and whole. And part of our wholeness is having this inner critic Mm. It's a layer. It's a layer of us. I mean, a lot of my work is about layers and this layer can rise to the top or she can, you know, go down to the middle or we can, you know, put her in, in the way back, you know, of, of our layers 
Um, but I think it is important to listen to her and allow her her time and space, or she will be upfront more than you choose for her to be. Um, and so co-creator, there's, there's, you know, the things where she's just, you know, just always, always beating you down kind of thing. There's mm. the opportunity, but the co-creator possibilities are like, Hey, you keep talking about this. Are you sure you don't want to do anything about it? Like, are you sure this you're really, you know, resigned to the fact that it's not going to happen now or ever? Um, so I think it's those, mm. those place. I mean, that's one example of where she can co-create with you and make sure that you are doing, you know, what you said you wanted to do, um, in, in a positive, more positive way, or, you know, maybe it's, she is bringing up some good questions that aren't necessarily meant to doubt you, but they're meant to like, Hey, let's get this fully, you know, baked idea and make it, you know, make sure that it's out there. Um, again, not to punish you or, or tell you not to do it, but instead to be like, Hey, let's just get it all right. You know, or is, you know, the, 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 you know, not done is better than perfect. So like she can help you. I say she, it could be any, yeah. <laughs> any sections you want, but, um, you know, she is there, you know, to help in that regard. Um, and, and that's where the co-creator piece comes in. Yeah. And I feel like this could be another exercise that we could give to people who are interested in, again, feeling that, that feeling of wanting something else, wanting more, but the inner critic is right there to stop them all the time. One of the, what you just described is really a conversation with your inner critic, which I know is an exercise that you've had that I've done in your workshop mm -hmm. where um, what, one of the ideas is that you can, is that your inner critic writes you a letter or you write a letter to your inner critic? Which one? You write a letter to your inner critic. So you write a letter to your inner critic and actually try to engage in a conversation. And I feel like when I, when I just to be transparent and disclose what happened with me when I did that exercise with you was that I um, came up with the idea of asking my inner critic to be a reminder um, a reminder uh, that of its existence and in the way that it would be a reminder would be like an image of a little string tied around my finger like that kind of a reminder and mm -hmm. that just felt so gentle yet present. So I wasn't like, again, I think we, we hear so much about getting rid of the inner critic mm -hmm. and your co-creator role is how do we work with our inner critic? For sure. And I mean, even coming up, you know, just to reference the piece about how I choose my words and, you know, use them, um, even as a, a an art form of its own. So, <clears throat> you know, the name of the, um, workshop is conquering the inner critic with creativity. And I was like, wait a minute, conquer. Like mm. that sounds like we're just getting rid of it and da da da. And so I, I went and, you know, studied the word conquer and things like that. And I was like, no, this is totally, totally appropriate because we are conquering it in a way that we're not getting rid of it. You know, we're not annihilating it or anything like that. We're conquering it in that like, Hey, this is the relationship that we are choosing with mm. our inner critic. This is how we want to work with our inner critic because yes, we are whole beings. That's part of it. You know, it, it's come down from lineage of, you know, being protective and things like that. But you know, I don't need that type of protection anymore. I need this type of protection. And that's that whole conversation, you know, um, uh, uh, that you can have, with the inner critic, um, you know, to make sure that y'all are on the same page. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a great idea. And again, something that I think is accessible for people who are looking for like, okay, guys, this is a great conversation, but how does it apply to me? Well, we've given several ways that, that people can take this work for themselves. So I think that's, I always love to give tangible bits because, um, yeah, that's what, we're here to do and the work that you and I are both doing. So, sure. um, well, thank you. I think this is a great, I had a lot of fun and learned so much every time I talked to you. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Rachel. And I obviously have learned a lot and am excited to continue writing. Yay. Uh, tell everybody where they, where's the best place to find you? 
Um, I'm most active and everything is most up to date on Instagram, probably. Um, so that's studio underscore Kara and it's K-A-I-R-A. So it's a little different. Um, but I do have a website, which again is studiokara.com. Everything's Studio Kara. Quite vain, I am. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, that is the best. I mean, the, the um, website is a little old from the workshop that actually Rachel keeps referencing, but um, <laughs> I'm hoping to be able to offer it again soon. Um, but I just, uh, to be honest with you, I just haven't updated it yet. So um, Instagram is, is a cool way, and I'd love to hear from anybody that has some follow up questions. Um, and I didn't get back to the canvas piece. And so, real quick, because I said I would share more about that. Oh, yeah. So, reason that I, um, in my in-person workshops, we uh, do this work on Canvas. So the pictures that Rachel has shared um, in her newsletter and stuff are all in my journal. But I do it on Canvas because I want the women to take the piece home and not throw it in the garbage. So it's a little bit harder to throw mm -hmm. a piece you know, a canvas that's stretched on wood and everything in, in the garbage. Um, I want it, you know, want them to remember the process so that may, maybe they'll do it again. I want them to remember what came up during the time and what things were, you know, hidden away so that, again, if they forget that and, you know, when things get stressful um, or, you know, sometimes they just use it to meditate later. Um, on, you know, again, it's hard to meditate and stuff, but if you're just looking at an image for a while and just let it, you know, soak in for a few minutes. Um, so anyway, that's, that's why I don't know, you can edit this out, but, um, I just thought it was, you know, important to show how important I feel like this work is. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And it can be done in a journal, but doing it on a canvas leads to like more, hopefully, uh, more likelihood of keeping it around and looking at it, using it. Like, that's what I, I love about your work is like, you're using your work to continue this yep. growth process. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll put the links to, uh, what, what we just mentioned in the show notes so people can find you that way. And thank you again so much for being here today. Thank you, Rachel. I want to ask you, who in your life needs to hear this story today? Go ahead and share it with them. And if you love this show, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Head over to orchidstory.com if you want more from Orchid Story. And remember, your story is your strength.